introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Hey, 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 it's Christoph Wrights of the Poet Life Podcast. I am excited tonight to be speaking with a good friend of mine. His name is Scott Hannah Weir. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. It's great to be talking with you. And indeed, likewise, likewise. You know, uh, for those who don't know, Scott and I have been working on a passion project for the past almost what nine months. Yeah, feels like one as to how fast it came together at the end. I know but, I mean, it's like, so it's, crazy. It's been a long time. We were meeting like on Zoom for you know like like each week, <laughs> you know, and our most recent episode, uh, we I, I spoke with um, um, Nina Bruton, the feature spoken word artist in the project of mm-hmm. America, you're beautiful. And um, and Scott, tell me what you, what what was your role? in this project? Well, I was really lucky. So um, I'm, I'm out in California and I direct choirs at a university, Santa Clara university out here and have a community choir, but I also do some composition on the side, mostly for choirs. That's mostly the kind of music that I've written and bridge wanted me to help out to write a new piece of music. And so my role for the film was to create the music that the voices in Bridge ended up singing. That was the underscoring for bringing Nina's words to life. So, I mean, yeah. it, it was great. I've, I've never like scored poetry like that before. So that was such really? a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's a first for you. Yeah. You know, there's no project like this that I've ever done before. Right. Like mm-hmm. even, you know, and, and it's not like I don't work with, words and poets sure but but usually when somebody who writes for choir or for voices like finds a poem one they usually find a poem that's already out there that's already written we we don't often get to collaborate with a poet to bring something to life that's new and then beyond that usually once the poet gives us the words their part's done and we're just looking at that poem and trying to get in the head of the poet and figure out how do we bring these words to life. But this was totally different because it was like Nina is right there on the Zoom call with me. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Listen to what I wrote. Do you think this fits what you said? Like, (laughs) how do you feel about it? And so it was so cool. And we weren't ever singing the words that she wrote. You know, that's that's the other thing. It was all about being an underscoring and a, a way to, like, augment the words, you know, which I think is what a lot of choral music is anyway, right? Like, it's really good music that has text has really good text to begin with, because if it doesn't, it's not going to be very good music. Like yes. you to have a really good poem. Otherwise, what are you even working with is your base material. But this one, we weren't even trying to like reinterpret those words. We were just trying to like give it even more body and hit on more senses. And so, yeah, yeah it was so cool. So, okay. For those who don't know, like myself, Sure. What is choral music? Well, I'm trying to figure that out myself. It's broad, (laughs) right? Like you know, generally the the it's like any music that's written for choir, right? So Mm. so a group of people singing together, 
that's choral music. Um, okay. Now, now, I mean, if it's like two or three soloists, it might not feel like, you know, a choir. But I mean, you can think of like if you've got a, a soloist up there with a backing group, that's kind of a choir. Like they okay, might right. be a small choir, but like, right. you know, usually with multiple parts and people make it up some harmony. Right. Gospel music. A lot mm. of it. Very choral. Huge choral tradition. Spiritual. Gotcha. An incredible choral tradition. Right. Hymn singing like mm. in church, you know, um, that's choral music. Okay. And then like also music that's written for choirs, often like academic or community organizations that's mm -hmm. meant for concerts. Right. So, gotcha. which is a lot of what I do is, you know, like people who have fancy ideas about what voices can do and, you know, us trying to bring that music to life with sure. my university choirs and things like that. But yeah, I mean, fundamentally, it's just people singing together. That's, gotcha. that's choral music. Okay, so that's choral. What about chamber? Yeah, so that's a great distinction, right? Because so, you know, I've got a choir of 80 voices that are, you know, volunteer people who are like engineers and lawyers and wow. retirees and right out of college trying to figure out what they're doing. And that's, you know, a choir. That's not chamber music. Okay. Because the, the the idea of chamber music comes from like it could fit inside a chamber like as in a, a small room and like that would have to be a really big chamber you know okay. some people have chamber choirs now that they call chamber choirs that are like 50 people and i'm like what room are y'all performing in I, I don't know <laughs> i don't know what little intimate setting this is but i think the the heart of chamber music is like small group, usually one person doing one thing, like we have a violinist or we have like one tenor who's singing that part. And you're all making music, usually without a conductor, without anybody up there waving and leading you, but you're all taking group responsibility for how the music mm -hmm. gets made. And you're doing it really collaboratively. Like that can happen when you got 80 people, but 80 people left to their own devices tends not to work out super well. Like, right. I mean, if they're really focused and good, that could be fine. And you can have sure. moments that feel like that at a performance, but it's hard for everyone to just, you know, 80 people to go. And then <laughs> just start like, <laughs> it's probably not going to be great, but you get five people in a room that totally can happen, you know, and you can really create something that feels organic and alive. And so yeah. that's what bridge is, right? So bridge is singing choral music, but they're a vocal chamber group because they've only got like one person singing one voice part and one person singing another voice part. And so the like individual accountability for each musician is super high. Like, right. you know, if, if right. you mess up, well, it's just you. <laughs> so what are you going to do about that? Right. So, you wow. Know, yeah. But and they're all such professionals that that's one of the reasons it was so amazing to work with them. They're so good. Gosh, that's a lot of responsibility, man. Right. <laughs> In a choir, you can kind of fall off and then jump back in, you know. Well, it's it's one of the things I love about choir, right? Because for me, like I'm I've always been like really a teacher at heart. You know, I think music is the subject, but like in a lot of ways, my profession is teaching. And mm -hmm. and I love the fact that in a choir, people who don't feel like they're as confident or have as much skill can end up doing things that they never even dreamed they could do because mm. they've got a whole team around them supporting them. And like, you know, if I mess up, like, you know, Steve's next to me and he can sing the note 
that I was supposed to sing. And I could right. be like, thanks, Steve, right. <laughs> like jump back on or something, right. you know, like, and that kind of supportiveness is so amazing. It's one of the things that's been terrible about the pandemic because I'm still teaching choir, but they're all doing it at their own houses without being able to hear each other sing and right. usually just recording their own voice part by themselves which feels so totally isolating. It's amazing when we put them all together in like audio editing software and make it sound like we were all in the same room, but right. it's not the same as being like, I got my buddy and if I mess up, they got my back. And if they mess up, I've got their back, which I think totally. is like the fundamental nature of choir. So yeah, right. one on a part is hard. I mean, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. So where did, where did all of this come in for you, right? Where, when did you start? composing? Oh, man. Well, you know, when I was in high school, middle school, maybe even, it was, I can't remember if it was like late middle school or early high school, but I think I had always been interested in like writing songs and had ideas. You know, I, I grew up singing in choir and taking piano lessons and and like my family was really supportive of me of doing, of doing music, which was awesome because I loved wow. it. And I got to do this crazy program one summer, I must have been in like eighth grade or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I grew up in North Carolina and it, okay. it, was a, it was a program with Opera Carolina where called like Opera Fest or something like that. And we wrote in a week an opera and then learned it and performed it. In a week? <laughs> in a week. So there were like four other people who were writing music and like maybe five or seven people who were writing the script. And then there were people who were going to be actors and like scenic designers. And so like we would have big meetings about like, what's the concept of the thing. And then we'd all go work on sections of it and try to right. bring it all together. And we would sit in this office with like, there was a guy who was like, I think a senior in high school and he was the coolest guy I had ever met. His name was Bobby. And he like sits down and is like, I've been working on this piece. And he plays it on the notation software that can like play back what he's been writing. And I'm like, I've never heard anybody just like write something like that. It blew wow. my mind. And I'm like, I get to like sit right next to this guy. And he has this level of skill. And I like don't even know what I'm doing. And like trying to get there. And like we were all working together and giving each other feedback. And it was like such a creative space that it made me feel like, well, yeah, I can do this. Like right. anybody can do this, like just sit down and start trying. And so then I, I did for years and years. And I mean, like my focus was always like, I'm gonna wave my arms at choir and I'm gonna teach choir. <laughs> right. But in my life, I've always come back to like having musical ideas that I wanted to like bring to life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes I've had time to do it and sometimes I haven't had time to do it. And it's been cool that like, you know, now that I'm in the kind of position that I am, I have like enough time to sometimes be creative, right? Mm. Think, you know, sometimes when we're like in the middle of school or we have a job that like right. is very demanding, it's so hard to carve out that space where you feel like you can be creative and to, yeah. like, you might have ideas, but how can you even find the time to explore them and to mess with them and to figure yeah. out how, well, what do I do with that? And and I've been lucky because I not only have like the space to be creative, but I also have like a choir that I get to 
decide what they sing. So sometimes I could be like, yo, sing this. Right. <laughs> so, you know, like a lot of music has been written for my own ensembles because they have no choice. Um, and, right. you know, I try not to subject them to things that are terrible. Like I, I try to make sure it's good before I give it to them or something that sure. like fits a particular program we're doing or like, you know, some kind of new arrangement of a song that they might really like. Um, but then, you know, people heard that I do that. And so every once in a while, I get to write for other people, which is really fun. Wow. So, yeah. So that's sort of like how I got into this space. It's just always yeah. been a, a side thing that I'm passionate about and like, but don't always get to make my main focus, but something that I really love. Got it. Gotcha. Yeah. So how much of your life is music? Oh, man. Like, you know. 90 percent like it's it's funny the one of the blessings of the pandemic is that i don't have concerts anymore so Mm. i have to see my family (laughs) (laughs) like usually i'm out many nights a week with like late night rehearsals or you know putting together final like rehearsals for a performance or doing a performance going to performances of colleagues and that's all not been happening so it's been amazing because I get to spend a lot of time with my family now, but, but under normal circumstances, I mean, it's like lots of hours doing it, you know, because there's the time you spend up in front of people trying to teach them the music and help them interpret it and bring it to life. There's also also the time that you spend studying it to figure out how you're Mm -hmm. supposed to teach it to people looking for new music so that you're programming things that are, you know, diverse, interesting, representative, um, some, things that people will enjoy that are good challenges for the singers, but doable, you know, finding all of that stuff takes forever. Right. You know, I feel like if anyone's ever looked for a quote at like a, you know, wedding or, or, you know, like some kind of shower or something where you're like, Mm -hmm. I need to find the right quote for this moment. You know how long that kind of search takes. Right. Right. It's that for music all the time. And then, you know, trying to be creative with it and, and doing my own side projects. So sure. yeah, sure. I mean a lot, like I'm lucky that I, it's, it's really my full-time gig, which is so cool. Wow, man. Yeah. That's, did you have a job before and you said, listen, I'm doing this full-time? I, you know, I always, I always wanted to go into teaching music. So like when I, when I finished, you know, high school, I went on and like, to a music education program. Wow. So I like got my bachelor's in, in music ed. And wow. so I thought, okay, I'm gonna go teach high school choir. Like okay. and that's what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Now, that is not to say that I have not had a lot of other jobs, you know, sure. because I was in college trying to make ends meet. Right. I was a really horrible waiter at a really bad restaurant. <laughs> you know, I worked at a like family owned kitchen supply store, kind of like Williams Sonoma, but like, you know, just a family ran it for decades. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was in grad school after undergrad, I was uh, like an assistant manager at Pier One Imports. <laughs> you know, like I've, I've done all kinds of other things. And like when I graduated, so I, I, I did my undergrad. I'm like, okay. I'm going to go get even more training. And so I went in right on and got a master's in conducting, which sounds like the most pretentious thing you could possibly get. Like I am now super expert at moving my hand in this kind of pattern. Right. (laughs) And when I finished, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a high school teaching job. 
or a community choir job or a children's choir job or, or really any kind of choir job. And there was like nothing, nothing. Mm. And so I worked at a music publishing company and I did typesetting of music. So I would like get, they, they did like scholarly journals and publications. And so people would send in the music that they wanted to look really beautiful in the book. And my job was to like type in the music and make it look right. Like not really creative very much at all. Okay. Like, like data entry for music. Yeah. For and, music. Yeah. And that was like my first job out of my like master's degree, like not really doing any music like performance for the most part at all. Wow. Um, yeah. So the good thing about that though, was that it really made me realize that like a nine to five desk job was not for me. Like I, I learned really quickly that I was like, wait, so what else could I do that would be more creative and interesting? Can I, can I create a training program? Can I like, right. like what, what can I, anything that isn't just typing? <laughs> I was like, okay, clearly I need to like get back to making music. And I, I was lucky, you know, I got to, got to teach high school and middle school in Michigan after my okay. grad program. And then we moved to DC and my, my partner, Mary was, going to a job at the U.S. Department of Education in the Office for Civil Rights. She's an attorney. And I was like, okay, great. Like, this is awesome. We're going to move to D.C. And I'm going to either see if there's a grad program I can go to or I'll just teach some more. And right. I, I was lucky. There was a, at University of Maryland, there was a program I really liked and they liked me. And so it was a good fit. And But I mean, while I was in that program, I was also like doing music at All Souls Unitarian in downtown D.C. I was the choir mm. director there for three years. So, wow. like, you know, never just one thing. <laughs> I'll yeah. say that for sure. Wow. Wow. OK. And so that you were able to leverage all of that experience. And so are you contracting now or what, what's what's the setup now? How, yeah. how is your musical career set up now? So I have like a full-time job as a university professor. So like, really? yeah, so, so that, that's my big thing, right? At Santa Clara university. So I, I teach choirs there and I teach other courses in the music department and then do the like professory things. Um, sure. And it's awesome because, you know, <laughs> I remember when, so so when I was like doing my music ed degree, I was like, I I want to teach high school forever. And I did my student teaching, which you do when you're doing an education degree. You go out and you work with like a master teacher for like a semester and they slowly give you more and more responsibility and then take that back away. And then you go and, and like, okay, now I know what to do if I get in right. my own classroom. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like my full-time job now is just working at the university. So I, I, I teach there, I teach with college students and it's amazing. I love working with them. They're at that place where like, they think they are supposed to know what they're going to do in their life, but they often don't necessarily know what they're going right. to do with their life. And like getting to work with that age is amazing. So, and music is a super awesome tool. I mean, like, you know, the arts are just mm -hmm. like the best because totally. it's, you know, when, I think back at like, you know, some of the challenging political events that have happened in our country and math professors don't have as easy of a vehicle to meet their students where they need to be met 
in those yep. moments, right? I remember I walked across campus uh, right after the 2016 election and a number of professors and students were feeling scared and disenfranchised and fearful of what was going to happen. We have a large um, uh, population of undocumented students who come to our campus, wow. you know, and one of my English colleagues was like, oh, I just don't like, it's so hard to even know what to do with our students right now. And I said, well, thank God we're in this field. You know, she's a creative writing teacher. I'm mm. a musician doing choral music. And like, it's a place where we get to be able to meet them in those issues. Right. There's art that can address that. There's words, there's music, you know, and that's a gift, right? Totally. So, so I'm lucky because like, that's the big bulk of my job. And then I also get to work with, you know, community members who I, I joke, my community choir is like, <laughs> this is my part-time job, but, but it takes a tremendous amount of work. And I, I work with either people who just graduated college or mm. graduated college 50 years ago. Um, it's like that full age range. And, right. and it's amazing because it's like, I mean, it's the same thing about, I think all of the arts is just that like they can be a lifelong activity, you know? Sure. And so I get to work with people who are just sort of getting into it or have dedicated a life to making it a, an important part of their hobbies and their passions. Right. Which is really cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So from, from college, right. So yeah. that is amazing, man. Uh, I, I've been so interested into getting into universities with poetry. Yeah. And, you know, we've been in elementary, preschool, um, you know, uh, middle school and high school, but not college yet. Not well, just please come because we need your help. I got to tell you, like, that, well, one, that would be amazing to, mm. to be able. And I, I think, like, Here's, here's the thing, right? Like when I, so in choral music, we deal with poetry all the time, right? Mm, all, right. Almost all of our music is based on poems, you know, maybe more of it based on Emily Dickinson than needs to be, but you know, <laughs> there's, we, we could have a broader base of poets sure. that we look at, right. um, but there's some great poetry that we engage with all the time. It's like, one of the fundamental parts of our textbook, if we had one, right? Our textbook is really the music that we sing. But when I ask my students, you know, what, what does this poem mean? What does this poem make you feel? How, what do you think the author was trying to say? How do you think the composer brought that to life in the music? They have so few skills usually to be able to even have that kind of conversation. Mm. And, you know, and I don't know if it's that poetry can feel really like impenetrable, like, you know, what are these metaphors and like, why are we speaking about things in ways that aren't quite so like, you know, first you take this thing and then you assemble it with this thing and then you do this step. And, but it, and it deals with such topics that I think can sometimes be overwhelming and like whoa can we even be talking about this and you're like yeah this is a part of the human experience right like, poetry and music get at the core of that 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I think, and it's not to say that there aren't amazing, you know, creative writing classes or poetry literature classes, but sure. not everyone's taking those, you know. Right. So, but I don't think poetry just has to be for the people who are English majors. You know, right? That would be yeah. sad. Right. Yeah. It's. Um, I think in a lot of ways, when we look at poetry, we're we're pretty small minded, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the reason for this podcast is to show the vastness of poetry and all of its glory in different elements, you know, yeah. because I mean, this is going to this episode is going to blow somebody's mind, you know, especially when they actually go to AYBfilm.com, America, You're Beautiful, the project that we just produced and released. Um, and when they when they see the mesh between choral music and spoken word, it is like a match made in heaven, man. Yeah, it's you know? just amazing. And I hope everybody goes and watches it because it's just, it's so incredible. And I, you know, I think like, the, the amazing thing about it is this is how I feel about like music in general, you know, mm-hmm. but I think poetry can do this and music and poetry together is like a one, two punch for people. Right. You know, you can learn about things by going to a lecture, right? You can learn mm-hmm. about things by reading an article. You can learn about things by, you know, watching a documentary, uh, and, and all of those forms can be really powerful and really amazing. Right. But <clears throat> I think with like poetry, like Nina's poem, right. You learn things from that poem and it makes you think about issues, but it connects them with your emotions in a right. way that a lot of other forms of learning and expression don't do in the same kind of way. They, they totally. don't like hit you somewhere surprising and mm-hmm. like touch you in a way that you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. And I think it can, right? music I think can do this too. You know, we've, I've written other pieces that are, you know, really topical, current event focused, you know, and and I think one of the power of, of music is that like, it can present you with ideas Yes. And then you experience it as this emotional journey, not just those ideas. And so then you have to reconcile like feelings and knowledge, which is so important, I think. And and I mean, I think that that's what these arts are able to do. They could like in a good way, they poke you in places. Right. right? That could sometimes be in your heart to make you feel warm and loved and and like on fire for life. Sometimes that can be to like, you know, poke at that place where you might feel like you aren't doing the things you need to be doing, you know, and to make you question, well, why, what, what else could I be doing? What else should I be doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that that's a powerful aspect of it, you know? Yes. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It, it, it really does make a difference, you know, especially in students' lives because they're so inundated with information, 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 education, 
revelation or like just just and you know yeah. and and but where is the creativity that allows their mind to go to recess you right. know yeah you, you can't just stimulate the left side of the brain you 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 really have to really like you said poke at and massage the right side of your brain in 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 your creativity because in so many ways it's the imagination. Yeah. You know, it's the imagination that allows your imagination to run free and release all of the craziness that's going on inside your head, your heart, your body, you know, especially now. Like, yeah. it's just too much going on right now, man. All at one time. Yeah. You know? And it's like, okay, I need a release. I need a an outlet, and and it's 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 so it's so exciting to be able to provide that for people, not just students. You know, um, when Bridge called you, yeah, uh, what was that conversation like when they presented this opportunity to you? Well, you know, it's really interesting because like. I've known Alan, who's in Bridge for many years. He and I both went to the, the same school. And oh. so I knew at, at University of Maryland. And so I knew him. He came a little bit after me, but like it's a it's a tight knit group, you know. Gotcha. When you when you go a certain distance down the coral nerd land, you know, <laughs> there's there's only so many people. <laughs> yeah. so like you really start to get to know each other. And we 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 got to work with each other a little bit. Um and so, you know, he writes music and I write music. And so we knew that about each other. And he was like, I had been showing him some of the things that I had been working on. And he was like, it'd be really cool to get you to do something with Bridge. And I'd be like, yeah, that'd be amazing. I'd love to work with Bridge. Um, that would be great. You mm -hmm. know, and, and some of those initial conversations even happened back when, you know, this is like April of last year, you know. Right. And, and so one of the things we thought about really early on was like, well, it really sucks to be an artist right now, you know, in the pandemic. And we were like, well, let's make a piece about that. You know, let's let's make a piece about how we're all isolated and how normally we make music co collaboratively with other people. And like that whole thing can't really happen right now. And right. we feel lonely and sad. And and then, you know, George Floyd was killed. Right. And this all of these protests over the summer and bridge did some thinking and I was certainly doing some thinking as well. Mm. And it's not like, you know, artists aren't having it rough, but right. there was a, there was a shift that I think we all felt like the project had to take on, mm. you know? And I, I mean, I did ask them, I was like, um, so like, you know, do you really want the, like, the white guy to be the composer for this, like, you know, <laughs> like if we're if we're gonna change, like, we could we could make a change. It's it's cool. Like, it doesn't have to be me. And because they were telling me what well, what we think we want to do is work with you know a black spoken word artist and mm -hmm. give them a lot of freedom to mm -hmm. say what they want to say, and mm. we are the supportive voices for that. And, I, and I'm like, well, sign me up. I mean, that would be such a gift to be able to do something like that. Yeah. Like 
to have a role that is supportive and important but secondary right you know, to really center what ended up being Nina's voice sure and and to make that the point you know i was i was talking to my aunts they they're lovely former professors in Charlottesville Virginia and we we had a nice little zoom with them the other day and they watched the project and they said you know it it was so great because it wasn't even about the music like mm-hmm. it was about the poem and about what Nina was saying and like the whole time the music was just supporting what she was doing mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god that's exactly what i wanted like i wanted that so much that it would just be about lifting up a voice that we need to hear right and and like a way of you know <clears throat> like stepping back so that like she can be there and we can hear what she has to say mm-hmm. but to be like you know the pips in the background that mm. have Gladys's back you know like right. that, that that we're supportive and present but it's about the message that Nina wanted to be able to portray mm. and so that was like just a gift to get to sure. to get to do that um so when we when they told me well this is the direction we're going to go I'm like yeah amazing and and what was so cool about it was that it was we weren't going to write a piece that had text like we were going to let Nina's text be the text right we we're going to be singing it like you know it would have been super cheesy if she had been like America you're beautiful and like the choir America. like that's a bad idea <laughs> so you know we knew it was going to be wordless and so like you know as we've been going through the process like Nina would write mm-hmm. and then she would record a bit and then I would go and I would like sketch out ideas listening to her like recording a bunch looking at the words <coughs> trying to like pull the pacing and the emotion and the content of what she was doing in terms of her delivery and in terms of the words and then trying to like make music that supported that is this like like calm and reflective mm-hmm. moments or are these like more aggressive and in your face kind of moments or is this you know like is there a sadness in this is there an anger in this what's what's the content of the poem and then like how do we make music that just sort of goes like a little bubble of extra sauce mm-hmm. to what the poem was doing right right um and it's funny because then, like, I would record what what I did and play right. it, like, singing all the silly voices, uh, <laughs> like really high stuff, really low stuff. They were they were not for public consumption, but I, but it was because I wanted to be able to like go back and like you right. know, you're both like amazing. You and Nina are both amazing appreciators of music, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be able to be like, okay, so it might sound like this, right, you, Nina? Right? What do you think? Yeah. It like then we could have a conversation about it. Which yeah. Is cool. That was, that was crazy, man, to first of all, have to wait until she wrote something down on paper. Yeah. To get an understanding of what it could be. Uh-huh. 
so walk me through what's going on in your head when you first get like the first part yeah. right, of, of her words and do you just sit in silence like, okay. Well, so she Where do I start? Right. Like, well, yeah. And I mean, I like, it's, it's kind of daunting, right? I think what's worse to be totally honest is the moment before you get something, right? Yeah. Like when you're just waiting and you have no idea, like, cause I had no idea. I don't think Bridge had any idea what direction Nina would go. I had no idea. Yeah. And, and I mean, she went in like the perfect direction. <laughs> it's just amazing. But like, I didn't know what to expect. Right. And so she shows up at the first meeting and it has mm-hmm. some sketch mm-hmm. and says, well, you know, I, I like listened. I was really thinking about Ray Charles's version of America, the beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, okay, okay. All right. You know, I am not Ray Charles. If you know, like, <laughs> Um, I I don't think a classical choral vocal ensemble is Ray Charles. Okay, but like so so it was interesting because I was like, ooh, this might be tricky, right? Because the first thing that I went to was, well, let's use that. Like let's let's find a way to like sample that or to have the feeling of that piece, like the way mm-hmm. that that they did it, right? And there's a choir and there's a like band and you know Ray is playing and singing and it sounds amazing. And I was like, this could be really cool. But then when I listened to it, I'm like, well, that's his version though. You know, right. like that's not that's not my version of the music. That's not right. Bridges' version of the music. And that that's an inspiration of Nina's, but Nina didn't like write another verse to America the Beautiful. Right she used that as like a jumping off point. So I was yes. like, okay, so what do I do? You know? And I thought about where that song got the best and like some of the things in it that were so good, you know? And I think when the choir comes in, like, Oh, it's so good. And I, so I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, what if we just sort of went with that? Like, what if what if we don't wow. do all the other things, right? And maybe mess with the the theme, but make it more like a riff on it rather than just the song. And and then once I sort of thought about that, I went back to what Nina had done, and I'm like, well, that's what Nina's doing. Mm. She's riffing on America the Beautiful, but she's not doing America the Beautiful. She has these inflection points that are like, America, you're beautiful. And so I tried to tie it back to the song in those moments. And then I'm like, okay, so if I did that, now I there's just things I can fill in in between. And I can start to think, okay, where's she going with this idea? What is What part of America the Beautiful does this feel like it is? What does that part of America the Beautiful sound like? How do I mess with it to like get it to be the way she's saying it right it's something that can underpin that and so then it was like a lot of you know <laughs> this is the less exciting glamorous part of composition where i'm just like <laughs> listening to nina's poem slamming some things on the piano being like no wow. i don't know you know singing some stuff into the computer recording it playing her thing being like 
like let me write these no you know scratch what if what about this idea well later maybe no not later you know and like it's i think it's easy to feel like i mean i think this goes for all kinds of artistic creation right i think it at the end of it it always looks like oh i'm sure that must have just sprung out of your head and it was right. fully formed as an idea and like no you know it was like here's some good ideas here's some other ideas let mm -hmm. me try to connect the really good ideas let me go back and edit the connections so that they actually don't just sound like connections but become good ideas themselves right you know then a part that i think a lot of people miss and what was so special about this project was like okay i just finished working on this let me show it to you all that i love and respect what do you all think of it you know and then we all got to talk about it right which which is like so much better, you know, mm -hmm. to have that moment of like creating together. And, and it was crazy because like Nina was writing the poem as I was like writing the music for the previous section. Right. So like she'd come back with a new section and I'd be like, here's music for the last section. She, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I feel like there was a lot of influence yes. that, you know, went back and forth in terms of how that evolved. I mean, I think, Fundamentally, the poem inspired the most because that was really the source of everything that we were doing. But like there was a flow of ideas and creativity, which was so great, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like putting a puzzle together. Uh-huh. But you don't even really know what the pieces look like yet. You know, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like, okay, so I just made this piece. I wonder if it goes to this puzzle. <laughs> We're what jamming is, it. We're yeah. jamming it. <laughs> what, what is this puzzle of? I don't right. know. <laughs> so you you mentioned earlier that your your partner worked with like a civil rights organization or yeah, she worked for the U.S. Department of Education in their office for civil rights for almost eight years. Um, first first in D.C. and then remotely for a while while we were in California. Um, now she works for the County of Santa Clara as an attorney, but yeah, so she's a civil rights attorney and education attorney. Okay. All right. So when all of this was going on, right, you know, with yeah. uh, George Floyd and all of the other names, you know, um, how, how was that playing in you all's mind, you know, together, right? It, um, yeah, with all of what she does, and was it was it heavy on her side because she's in that lane, or yeah? What that like? Well, I mean, I think the hardest thing is that, like, you know, we're white folks who have a tremendous amount of privilege, mm. and so we can there's a certain amount of the ability to feel distant when you watch it happen. But I could see my, you know, black colleagues, they, it's not distant, right. you know, it's not something that's happening to other people, right? you know, and, you know, I think the biggest thing that we did was we spent a lot of time talking about it with our, you know, nine-year-old. Mm. Because wow. he has to understand that 
you know, if if he were not a white boy, mm. he would have had a lot of other conversations growing up that he doesn't have to have. You know, so like we talk about, you know, he'll be like, I want to take like my Nerf blaster to the park. And we're like, no, no, you're not going to do that. He was like, well, why? And we're like, because that's a dangerous thing. It might not be dangerous for you. Wow. But it's a dangerous thing. And like, you need to understand why people have a reason to be afraid of the police. You know, you might not have a personal connection with why you might feel that, but you need to know that your friends who do not look like you have had mm. conversations that you have not had, you know? And so we have the conversations about the conversations we're not having and why, right. why we don't have to have them, you know? And I think spent a lot of time trying to contextualize, you know, went to protests, you know, tried to help with action on our campus where we could, you know, certainly Mary is connected to all kinds of lawyer organizations and does advocacy work and is brilliant and tries to work for good in all kinds of ways. And it's super inspiring. It's the kind of thing that often makes me like, you know, <laughs> I, I've often joked that, you know, Mary does things like, like that matter to actual people at her job. I, mm -hmm. I like people sing in tune, like, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's not true, mm -hmm. right? That, that there are ways that we can work in, in our family, mm -hmm. no matter who we are, mm -hmm. to be able to engage with these, like, ever occurring tragedies that just happen over yeah. and over and over again. And to open ourselves up to why and to be able to understand what our role in that is right. as who we are. Right. And we can do that with our, with our kids. We can do that. And we can have those, like, especially as white people, we can have those conversations with our kids so they understand that like they have a context for the other kinds of conversations that are happening in our country. Right. right? Which I think is so important, but we can do that in the way that we teach you know, that we not just do music about flowers and rainbows and right. happiness and sunshine. But like we right before the pandemic, we were doing an entire concert themed around immigration. Mm. And we're doing all kinds of incredible stuff um, to understand it. Like it was called, where are we from? Where are we going? Mm. And it was a really an opportunity to use art to talk about like what's currently happening in the world. That was back a year ago that got canceled, but you know, like right. that was sort of where we were. So, you know, I think like when these, when these kinds of things keep on happening, I think it just keeps on making us, I'm, I'm very grateful that I have a partner who's so close and so well um, informed about these mm -hmm. issues to be able to help, me figure out how to talk about them and how to do something about them in, in my daily life. Right. right. Like the, there, there are ways that I can live my life and do my job where I can be intentionally anti-racist and like, how do I go about doing that?
you know, right. and make that amount of difference. I, I think sometimes people get petrified because they're like, well, what, what can I do? And you're like, well, you could right. do the things you have control over. You could at least do that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was heavy, but it wasn't as heavy for us as for a lot of people. Sure. And I think that that's something we really tried to sit with and to think about, well, well, what can we do then? Right. You know, that was huge. What you said, recognizing and understanding the conversations that you don't have to have. Yeah. That's a, that's a big start. You know, that's a reality check that, you know, some some white folks, um, I guess, need to have because in so many ways, they're like, well, I don't see it, you know, so, you know, and oh, yeah, that's privilege. Yeah, that's what privilege looks like. Right. You know, and, right. And they don't they don't realize that they, that's a privilege that they don't have to see it or they're not privy to the other side of the coin. Um, so with this project, right, I'm so I'm so grateful, um, you know, for the opportunity and the platform that was provided uh, by you and your team and, and, and Bridge, because that is a, another form of being an ally, mm -hmm. offering your platform, right? This is where I stand. Come stand up here with me. And I'm going to step back and allow you to speak. Yeah. 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 And not knowing what that Black person is going to say. Well, and I mean, I think that's the thing that I was so appreciative and impressed with Bridge about right yes like that they and i mean maybe not all composers would be willing to to work in that kind of situation where like you don't really know what the poem is going to be about before you sign sure. on with the project right. but, but <laughs> like but how else are you going to get the real message yeah you know if i've so i've you know as a choir director right i've i've commissioned composers and like asked them to write a new piece for me and mm -hmm. Sometimes that happens where you're like, you work with a committee and the committee comes up with ideas and people talk about, well, you use this text and use this. And we kind of want these instruments and like, da, 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 da. but when you give a composer a, I don't something this long. <laughs> you know, that can, that can be terrifying as a composer, but that can sure. also be a great gift, right? Because that's, that's the opportunity to be like, we're committing to it. Say what your heart's telling you to say in this medium. Right. Give it to us. And I and I think the fact that they wanted that from our collaborator in spoken word shows they were serious about what they were trying to do, right? Sure. Because sure. they could have exercised much more artistic control and said, well, we really wanted to be about this. Or right. talk about these kind of things, but don't talk about these kind of things. And it said, we're horrified by events that have happened in this country. Sure. 
we can't really fully imagine how you are feeling about that. And we would like to hear what you have to say. But, you know, I, I took on the responsibility of choosing a poet that could, let me, let me choose my words right. <laughs> um, I, I, I took the responsibility of, of choosing a poet that could voice his or her um, honesty, anger, um, curiosity, all of these different emotions, right? But display them in a way that is not off-putting. Um, the information and emotion was palatable, receivable, and but I still understand that you're upset. Mm -hmm. Right. Because yeah. that's not a that's not an easy job to do, because no. if it's all anger, then it won't be received at all. You know, it's it's, it's going to be anger is going to return. Right. And so ultimately, we want people to hear and understand our voice. So, so if it's blanketed with all anger and and right, and it has to be a perfect balance, yeah. and that's why I'm so impressed by Nina because she was able to literally list all of the, I guess, great things America is, you know, and then say. Um, but listen, we have to talk, you, you know, there are some other things that America is that we got to fix. Yeah. And your job and Tyler's job, the cinematographer, you all just masterfully put all of that together because Tyler, when she switched from America, you're beautiful to America, let's talk. Right. However. Or America, listen. <laughs> you yeah. know, that switch was so evident and clear, you know, because first you're like, you know, and then you're like, okay, I'm listening. You yeah. know, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know? And, and for you to somehow make it um, a, a, a way where it doesn't even sound like music is in the background. It's like just atmospheric uh, compliment to her, to her words. It's just amazing to me. Well, I mean, she had such good words and such great intent that I so think like, that, you know, it, it surprised me, the the poem, like when we first saw it, because especially the first section, because I was like, this is really like beautiful about right. how 
beautiful America is. And I think like the fact that we can fight and the fact that we can try to improve and the fact that we can disagree and we could fight for justice and for freedoms and that all of that happens within the messiness of America is also part of what makes it beautiful. Right. Our, our ability to like try to improve America. Mm -hmm. And I, I think sometimes, you know, like what there, so, you know, I took a choir to Spain and when you go with a bunch of Americans abroad, there's a, like, <laughs> you know, it, it could be interesting, right? <laughs> you know, so on one hand, America is not always politically where you might want it to be in terms of being a great world leader. And this was not one of those times. And so we were abroad in Spain and feeling like, I wonder how people are going to feel about us <laughs> right now. And are they going to be like really angry about what all is happening in America and how we're not doing all of these various different things. Um, or, and like, is that going to affect the way that people treat us almost universally? No, it did mm. not affect the way that people treated us, that there's an amazing ability to separate. That's your country. You're a person, which is amazing. Right. But you know, you can feel really down on some of the things that are happening in the country. And then we, we met, an old Spanish priest who was talking to us before we went on to sing a concert. And he said, Oh, I used to work in America um, and help Spanish migrants resettle mm -hmm. in New York when they would first come over, like introduce them to the community that was there, help them get acclimated, help them find a religious community. Can, and he said, can I read you something? And we said, Sure. And he pulled out of his wallet the words on the base of the Statue of Liberty by M. Lazarus. They give me your tired, your poor. Wow. You know, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. And he said, America taught me that it's a place of hope and beauty where people can come and live their lives. And, and I thought it just struck me in such a visceral way that it could mean that still, you know, it could still mean that even when all of this other stuff right. and current actions are not showing that, but that it could still mean that to people. And I think that that's what, like when Nina wrote the poem, the way that she wrote it, just reminded me of like why it's worth fighting for mm. like that America needs to be better, but it can be right. Like if we do something about it and it's an ever improving project, like the work yep. is never done. We didn't elect Barack Obama and eradicate racism, you know, right. like, now that we've had a female vice president, you know, like sexism is not over. Like, you know, it's, it's an everlasting struggle that we can't yep. quit, but that we can appreciate at the same time, the things that make us want to make it better. And yeah, 
And Nina's poem just like, I feel silly even trying to explain what Nina's poem said because like just read Nina's poem, listen to her say it. Right. I mean, like, cause she says it right there. Like it, everything that you need to know about that struggle and about the, the ways that America fails, but the promise that it has that it can live up to is in that. Right. And yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. yeah. She presented the, initially she presented the first part of her poem, you know, cause she hadn't finished it obviously. Right. You know, and I was like, you know, it's nice. <laughs> and I don't know if my response had her switch to the, all right, America, let's listen, or she already had that in her mind. Yeah. Um, but my response was, um, love it. It's nice. All right. So, 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 so when are we, when are we going to get to the conversation? Yeah. You know, you know, um, I, I hear the compliments and, the, you know, and uh, and then I don't know, weeks later, <clears throat> you know, because we meet we met every week yeah. and weeks later she came with it. I was like, now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's crazy because like, I mean, I feel like in some ways the poem could have just started there. Right. Yes. Like you were saying. But but what would have that. Would that yes. have invited people in to listen there to the you message, go. right? And you know? that was so genius. Yeah. The fact that you just said that, that makes so much sense. It's like, come on in. Come on into the church house. Come on in. Wow. I didn't well, even like, think of it like that. It's like set up. Okay. We have some parameters we can agree to, right? Right. Like, some beautiful landscapes, Look, come, right? Come, everybody, come on in yeah. now. Now, now that you're comfortable, yeah. everybody, here's lock, lock the door. Lock the yeah. door. No one's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh just, man, that's so awesome. Yeah, but I mean, like, and that's also like, I mean, I, it, I keep on saying it; it feels cheesy, but I mean, like, that's the power of art to mm. not just go to the place where we feel like the end result, but to give you a trajectory that lands you there also, rather than just plopping you down in the midst of it. Right. Right. Like a poem, a piece of music, like uh, it can have a, an arc. It can have, you know, the, the flow with which it goes places and, and like takes you on a journey that, that, a lot of other things can. So, I mean, I yeah. think that, that, that that's like the way that that, and then when you add the film, I mean, it's just, you know, it's so much more immersive, right? It You're, you're in this environment and you feel a part of what's going on. And I think that, that the, the poem and the film just like do that so beautifully. They like mm. bring you into that environment. And then listen, you can hear it. People listen, we need you all to go to AYBfilm.com and it's right there on the homepage. Go watch it. Go watch it. It's, it's six minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah. But it's like a movie. You know, um, the, the way Tyler shot it, the way you composed it, the way 
Nina wrote it, you know, and uh, um, the way I just sat back and watched. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did a lot. You, you were the one who kept us on track. You all right? All right, we're meeting next week. Yeah. yeah. Yep, we're meeting next week. You know. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm so glad that we didn't push it back. You know, the shoot. You know, because of the snow and all of this, you know, like we probably wouldn't have ever shot it, you know, messing around with the craziness of this weather, totally. you know. And um, so I'm just so glad that the, the weather held up and I'm so mad that you weren't able to, you know, come through, man. I know. I feel bad for you and you're shivering while I was like, you know, still sleeping in California. <laughs> <laughs> I did not come prepared at all. <laughs> you know, I was just so excited about the project that I just ran out the house. You know, it was 4.30 in the morning. Well, I left. I got there at 4.30 in the morning, but I left out like around 3.45. I, I didn't sleep because I was just excited, you know, and I didn't yeah. want to oversleep. And then I mess up, you know, so I was just like, you know, I'm just going to watch this movie until, you know, it's time to leave the house, you know. Um, but uh, the the experience was awesome, and what we need to do, we I I have to have it. We have to do it um, in a studio or just live in general. Yeah. Like like I was telling you all before when we did meet the meet the artists, um, it would be so awesome if we did it like uh, what is it? Um, what is the 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 song? Of uh, we are the world. Oh yeah! When they when the choir was in the studio and yeah. right that all of the different famous singers that is a like, crazy video. Everybody is in that. I was like, sheesh! I didn't get all those people in there at one time on the same day at the same time, you know. Um, but I think it was be, it would be so awesome to to see you all singing because a lot of people are not going to realize. That yeah. that's actual humans singing the atmospheric music. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think like that's like another way in which I'm. I think Bridge like nailed it in terms of like giving space because they're in the video, but they're they look like extra friends. Yeah, you know, like Nina brought some friends to the shoot, and like they got featured at the end. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, nope, those are the singers. <laughs> And I'm so yeah. glad we did it that way because at first we were like, all right, you all are going to be singing somewhere over there on the left or something like that. You know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm excited to talk to Alan and Crossley, um, but also Gilbert yeah. and Jacob. 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 Yes. Yeah. 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 Those conversations are going to be awesome. This one here, this one opened my mind up. You know, just learning about what you have to do um, behind the scenes, racking your brain on where to start, where to end. You know, that's amazing to me, man. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I feel like it's like any creative process, though, right? Like, you know, hopefully there's a spark of a great idea or a mm -hmm. wonderful circumstance that's causing you to like want to make something right sure. you know um and if you have that spark like that that moment or even just sometimes the time to like sort of sit down and try 
Right. You know, that, right. That I think remembering it doesn't have to be perfect, but it can be a project, right? Right. right. That that like I because I think that's the hardest part. I mean, I, it's so hard as a composer sometimes in the same way that I think if you're writing, like you're staring at that blank page and you're like, yeah. okay, I know I got to write something, but right. I don't know what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, take the plunge and write something terrible. Right. It might not be, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, but getting started and getting something on the, on the page was the biggest thing for me. And like once, yeah. once I heard like, my little demo of like a little bit of it. I was like, okay, Here maybe this could work, right? Yeah. Maybe this could work. And then, you know, the best thing about it was that I got to springboard it off everybody else. Yes. And then Nina kept creating amazing things for me to be inspired by. So like that, that made it simple. <laughs> so like, thanks Nina. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she's, she's awesome. And again, uh, for those who, uh, did not get to see the previous episode. Go watch her uh, episode. Um, I believe the title is uh, "Learning Learning How to uh, Be the Light uh, with Your Words." Yeah, you know, and that's her company name, Be the Light. You know, and so I figured I'd creatively incorporate her company name into the title of her episode and. Um, Man, that's so awesome. Look, everybody, I'm going to show this right here. AYBfilm.com. Go now. Check it out. Let us know what you feel about it. You know, I believe we have a contact form there. And, you know, actually, I don't know if I told you, but um, Nina is actually in the process of drafting a curriculum for this project. Amazing. Right? So when universities, high schools, middle schools, you know, organizations, nonprofits reach out and say, hey, let's let's have a workshop. We'll already yeah. have a curriculum in place. You know, we can watch the film with them and do some, you know, different activities to really spark up the conversation, because this is why we actually did the project. It is to spark the conversation. It's not just to do a project. Right and say we did a project. No, I mean, it would be great if art could just sit there in a box and be art, but I don't think right. that's the only purpose of art and certainly exactly. not the purpose of this art. Right. Yeah. Not we at want, all. We want things to come from it. Yes. Yes. You know, there's most work definitely. to be done and we all have a role. So like that's, Indeed. that's what it's about and having conversations like this, which is just. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I wanted to creatively get all of the cast on the podcast and get everybody's perspective, right? Get the Nina, the writer, uh, you, the composer. Um, did I reach out to Tyler? I think I did. I don't know no, if you, I didn't, I need to. Better. <laughs> I, yes, I need to get the cinematographer's point of view. Um, yeah. but also Alan and Crossley, the producers, the, the yeah. mind behind it all. Then, Jacob and Gilbert, the the uh, the project managers, almost. Right. Um, you know, they were they were on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it was like every step of the way, there was just more professionalism and more enthusiasm, and I was like, "Oh my god, y'all were y'all are doing this." You never know, like when you sign up for a project, right? 
Like you can yeah. trust people and think like, I bet this is going to be okay. But like, right. until you've done the project, you never really know how it's going to go. And, and I just kept on starts. feeling like, yeah, like, oh, wow, this is really great. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what happened the whole time with this. It was amazing. It was perfect. It was yeah. perfect. So everybody go check that out. AYBfilm.com. This is Scott Hanna Weir. Thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate you coming on. The information that you shared with us. This is going to inspire so many people. You know, uh, it's going to inspire poets to connect with other musicians, you know, not to just put a track behind, you know, one of their poems, but to actually, you know, get a composition behind it and create something that is totally different now, you know, and that's what that's what you did. And I'm so glad that you were a part of this project. I appreciate your heart behind it. You know, um, tell your wife we said hi. You know, <laughs> thank you for all of the work that she does and everything. And so uh, if you could leave anything with artists or just people in general, you know, um, in relation to what we all talked about today, uh, what would that be? Well, I think, you know, not underestimating the platform that you have as an artist, you know, mm. like, and it's not even about reaching a certain number of people, right? You know, right. It's, it can sometimes be about reaching that one person who needed to hear that that day. You know, sometimes I'll do a concert and I'll think like, okay, it was fine, you know, but I'll hear from somebody and it was the thing that brought them healing or comfort in a moment in their life when they needed it. And I would have had no way of knowing that that was what it was there for. And so, you know, I think we can just remember that we we create art and we put it out there into the world for the people to appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and for the artists to benefit from doing it and and that we can do a lot with it. And so if you have things to say, you can use art to say them, you know. And I and I think that's the thing I try to remind myself of all the time. That's good. I, yeah. That's awesome. Scott, thank you so much. It is the Poet Life Podcast. Everybody go to thepoetlife.com for more information to find out all of the work that we've been doing, what we've done. Um, but also go to Poet Life Gear as well to check out some of the apparel that I'm currently wearing. It's one of our sweatshirts that just came out. But, uh, man, this information was so good. I'm going to watch this again. You know, obviously, I have to edit it, so I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but, well, I'm going to um, go get some swag, so. Exactly. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much, man. It's the Poet Life Podcast. Everybody, good night. Good night. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Mm -hmm.